7 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Hello, America, how are you? Don't you know me? I'm your native son. You remember that song? Was that Arlo Guthrie? No, maybe. Anyway, 2 o'clock in London in the afternoon. It's 7.30 in Mumbai, India. 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's 1923, or later. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants, which, you know, could wind up offending a whole bunch of people in Malaysia. I could get reported. I have news stories written about me because I'm not wearing pants three nights a week, and I'm live broadcasting. Trust me. It's a show full of shake-my-head moments, and they're all from right here in in good old Malaysia, where I've lived for almost a full 20 years now, and still, to this day, I do this. If you're listening on the podcast, I am slowly shaking my head in disbelief. (laughs) And... uh, with some great news coming up about about that. Just give me a second. Uh, Hello to Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch.tv, and of course, the amazing folks at Rumble.com. We love you, Rumble. Thank you, and thanks for the subscriptions. Thanks for all the views over there. Appreciate it. Check us out on Rumble.com. We're on all four platforms, of course. And you can also watch all of our old shows. 192 shows tonight. 192. Imagine. We're almost at 200 shows. That's not the great news. That's fantastic. But the amazing news is you guys. On our last show, I mentioned that we were 700 600 something anyway we're we're on our way to a thousand downloads a week on average and i was begging and pleading you please to go to wherever you get your podcasts uh, stitcher spotify uh apple podcasts we're on all the platforms even geo seven in uh, in india and across the planet and <laughs> i i'm trying to get to a thousand i know it's not joe rogan with you know 50 million views but like i said last time for this little show it's a milestone well our latest numbers we are at almost 850 downloads average and unbelievable. We've picked up another couple hundred just in the last few days, and we are now about 150 folks away uh, from hitting our thousand mark. That would be such an incredible accomplishment. So if you're watching on the video, go to your podcast supplier, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, Google, uh, Radio Public, Stitcher, Geo7, and just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants, look for this logo, or Jay Sheldon. Again, look for that logo and click follow or subscribe, whatever they call it on your platform. And uh, <clears throat> that's it. It's free and it, it won't cost you a dime. It means the world to me and also maybe gives you a chance to listen to the show when you're out on your walk or jog or whatever it is you're doing. And you need some mindless entertainment because we excel in mindless entertainment. That is what we do here. Uh, We do almost an hour of mindless drivel three nights a week. Thank you 
Thank you. I love you so much. You guys are the best. I am so humbled. Uh, we're about 150 downloads away from hitting that thousand mark. And it is, it's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart. All right. It's time to get you a brief update on this little lady. Miko update. Miki, Miki, Miko update. Yes. Not much to update, actually. Just doing good. Eating well. Going for a couple of walks every day. Uh, she's fantastic. She was just in the studio drinking some water. We keep an extra bowl of water here in my studio for her. And then she went off into the air con and said, the hell with you. I'm not coming on your show until you pay me. So. Uh, we probably have to pay her in dog cookies or something. But anyway, she's doing great, and thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, she's she's just incredible. All right, that is our little Miko update with our Shiba Inu pain-in-the-ass dog. Uh, we've got a show full of head shakers tonight. Oh, and coming up, of course, after our usual giving you all this useless garbage. Uh, we'll be reading more of our book, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. We do classic books on this show at the end of every broadcast or podcast. And uh, we are reading The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. We're about two th a third of the way through uh, chapter 30, which is a huge chapter. We've broken it up a little bit. Usually we do about a chapter a night. So we will have that for you coming up. All right. Shake my head. Number one, this was all over the news. It continues to be all over the news, and it just shows you the kind of stupidity that normal people have to deal with. Uh, Malaysian actor Zul Arifin draws flack for scandalous drama series and deleted his viral Instagram post. Uh, the link to this story is in our show notes. That's our description down below. You can check it out if you want to read the whole article. This is from mustsharenews.com. Uh, Zul deleted his Instagram post, which shows, again, they say scandalous scenes. <laughs> it's not even worth your time. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. TVT released a statement in Malay acknowledging that scenes from the drama are inappropriate. The channel stressed that all series must adhere to the Film Censorship Board of Malaysia's guidelines. Yeah, good luck with that, which is why we produce nothing but crap in this country, and everything we produce is like so milk toast and ridiculously milky, bland garbage that, you know, nothing will ever be a hit outside of the four little walls that is our place. Uh, this uh, Malaysia prudence is important. Yeah. No, it's not. Uh, even the slightest bit of scandal can rock the nation. And uh, Zul Arafin learned this the hard way recently. He drew the public's ire. Now, you know, that's not true. Most reasonable, uh, the majority of Malaysians just shake their head and suck their tongue and go, you know, whatever. But enough people make a little noise, and then it makes a good headline, and all of a sudden, you're giving them exactly what they want, which is just some attention. Uh, so uh, he learned the hard way when he drew the public's ire, little tiny bits of public, for some rather saucy scenes from an upcoming drama. Trust me, it ain't. Uh, he has since, what does it say? He has since uh, deleted the Instagram post, 
Uh, but we all know the internet is forever. And so the clip is here. And yes, indeed, take a look at this sauciness. I'm probably going to get shut down and banned. Oh my God, he took his shirt off. And is that whipped cream? Wow. Yeah. This is what everybody's upset about. <laughs> when will they ever learn? Oh, when will they ever learn? Oh, here's another one from the Malay Mail. You know those people who like their pure uh, fear porn headlines? Yeah. The authorities are investigating popular actors. See, it's not so much that they just wound up making him delete the post for what is substantially nothing. Uh, but now they've decided an investigation is necessary. Uh, recently uploaded a steamy love scene yet to be aired show he stars in for alleged violation of network facilities. Uh, Section 233 under the Commissions and Multimedia Act concerns the improper use of network facilities, which is a rather vague and sweeping law that makes it an offense for anyone who shares content that is regarded as, now get this, obscene, indecent, false, menacing, or offensive in character with intent to annoy, abuse, threaten, or harass another person. And believe it or not, if you're found guilty, you can get a maximum fine of 50,000 ringgit and jailed for up to a year or both. <laughs> oh, man. So, yes, they are actually wasting taxpayers' money investigating this big nothing burger. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there's shake my head. Number one, shake my head. Number two, this article from the folks at world of buzz. We love you world of buzz. Thank you. We use a lot of their stuff on this show. Again, the article is in our show notes. You find it and read the whole article. If you want to check it out, Malaysia has uh, hit another milestone. You can see from the headline, we've ranked the second country in the world, in the world, for racial discrimination. But wait, there's more. That's what the headline actually says. But there's more. You see the chart here. Believe it or not, we are second only to South Africa, and not by much. Uh, South Africa... Uh, 6.86, Malaysia, 6.32. The next below that, one under us, number three is Guatemala, which is 6.10. Uh, top five rounded out, Peru, and then Trinidad, Tobago. So yeah, we're number two. We really have to try harder. That's Racism Perceptions Index from the Index Mundi Racism Survey. Racial discrimination in Malaysia, the article says, is a very touchy subject, even in the 21st century. The fact that we're even talking about it in the 21st century is freaking beyond me. Uh, it's one thing for Malaysians to be racist with each other, but when that racial discrimination gets global attention, uh, Malaysians don't take it lightly. According to a recent global survey done for, by, by a data portal, uh, Index Mundi, which is kind of a funny name. Malaysia ranked at second place for racial discrimination behind South Africa. Uh, 
uh, participants were asked, how big of a problem is racial, uh, racial discrimination in the country where you live? A score of 10 means racism is widespread. And there we are sitting comfortably at number two, just behind South Africa. Now, the website mentions the purpose of the study was to measure how much racism exists in a given country as their residents perceive it to be, not how much it may be able to be documented. It's what is your perception of racism. Malaysia had 451 responses, and the participants were reportedly asked, how big of a problem is racial discrimination in the country where you live? It blew up on social media like Twitter and Reddit. Netizens abated the results or debated the results of the survey. Uh, many Malaysians were not happy with the results, especially because some countries were omitted from the survey, namely the USA and Singapore. Uh, somebody commented, love how the USA isn't on that list. And it's a huge narrative there. Well, yes, poster, it is a narrative. That does not necessarily mean it's a fact. It's a narrative that places idiot boxes like CNN are driving, uh, brainwashing you into. Uh, somebody responded, the United States is one of the least racist countries in the world. Uh, as somebody said, I tend to take these studies with a pinch of salt. What type of racism are we talking about? institutional, socioeconomic. Racism sadly comes in many forms. I was and always will be a victim of racism in Malaysia, which is why I left the country. Well, let me tell whoever posted this, racism in whatever form is wrong and should not happen. Uh, somebody replied, I would really like to hope one day that Malaysia will be treated equally and not based on race. If not, I might leave. So there you go. Anyway, uh, the article goes on. Please do read it. It's from World of Buzz. It's a rather well done article and talks about this survey uh, on how we came in. Number two. Yes. Still got to try a little bit harder, though, Malaysia. You can you can beat South Africa. I know you can. I have faith in you. Did I tell you? It's shake my head moments. It's shake my head moments. You want another one? You want to know how people can be influenced? I mentioned CNN and that fake news outlet. We'll take a look at this. It's from 1997. It's just a little short post. I'm not even sure if I, I think I did include it in our show notes tonight, but it's just a picture with a post. Uh, before I, I show you that, I'm going to read it because you have to listen carefully. Okay. Listen carefully to this. In 1997, 14 year old Nathan Zoner got 43 out of 50 ninth graders to vote in favor of banning dihydrogen monoxide. He talked about dihydrogen monoxide, what an unusual chemical it was, and that it ought to be banned. And out of 50 ninth graders, 43 of them, that's a huge percent, almost all, 43 out of 50 said, yes, it should be banned. The hoax was a science fair project, which he titled, How Gullible Are We? He not only won the science fair, but also inspired the term you may have heard of called a zonerism. It's defined as the use of a fact to lead to a scientifically ignorant public 
to a false conclusion. Because if you haven't figured it out by now, dihydrogen monoxide is also known as water. Yeah, but you give it a big fancy scientific name and, oh yeah, we have to ban that. It's probably dangerous. Dihydrogen monoxide, which is good old H2O. This is how they get you. Job. That was 1997. I would guess today you'd probably find 50 out of 50 people with the state of uh, the state of things these days. Uh, this one just appeared, literally just appeared about an hour ago when I threw it in the show. I think I did put the link in our show notes so you can read the article. It's from World of Buzz again. Thank you, folks over there at World of Buzz. A, uh, I didn't even. I haven't actually read the whole thing. I skimmed it, but um, a Malaysian tries his luck with married women. It says, if indeed married, you shouldn't have social media. Now look, I already set this show up tonight to be a bunch of shake my head moments. And this one just fell right in my lap. A married person shuts down social media, stays indoors, when outside, always covered. Old school. Otherwise, a man like me get confused. Okay. Most of us, most of us have boundaries in life for many things. Some people, though, like to test these boundaries. A Malaysian woman by the name of Shaza has shared on Twitter about how a man had texted her and asked if it was true that she's married because she didn't look like it. She replied, my husband is asking, what does a married person look like? The person replied soon after and spewed some rather offensive, absurd words. A married person shuts down social media, stays indoors, and is always covered when outside, old school. Otherwise, men like me will get confused. Then he apologized for asking and asked uh, Shaza to send his regards to her husband. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> We're not entirely sure how marriage can be judged by your looks, says the article from World of Buzz. She's 29, and she told World of Buzz normally she posts a lot about her husband on Twitter, but she still gets these kind of messages, and she usually either ignores them or blocks them. Good on you. Uh, we were both amused that he thought I didn't look like a married person, and that's why I replied. I mean, can't a person be married and still look presentable and nice? Uh, his subsequently reply is totally uncalled for. So anyway, read the whole article. It's just another one of these morons, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> and one of those shake-my-head moments that... Uh, <laughs> Oh, man. I'm telling you, they just keep coming. This They make it too easy. They really, Seriously, you just make it too easy for me out there. Got another one, and it's World of Buzz again. Apparently, they're on a theme because there was a bunch of them from World of Buzz. The link's in our show notes. And this is our Malaysian astronaut who just... You would have thought if he's an astronaut, he'd be smarter than that, but apparently that's not the case. Uh, Malaysian astronauts' tips 
on how to convince a reluctant wife to have more children. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know what, where to begin here. I've always said, this is his writing. I've always loved a big family. Naturally, I wanted more, inshallah. Uh, which is a way of saying God willing. Uh, first, I need to convince Dr. Halina. After all, it's her body. If I could, I would. Uh, I'll take care of everything while you just rest. You look beautiful as ever, even with six kids. Don't you want to see more beautiful kids? They'll take care of us when we grow old. We won't be lonely. The chaos keeps you young. It's Sunnah to Ramaikan Uma. Let's go shopping and buy whatever you desire. The more, the merrier. We grow old together. Uh, we'll love you eternally, no matter what your decision. Above are some uh, tips to daddies who want to convince their reluctant wives to have more kids. So, Dr. Uh, Sheikh Muzaffar uh, Shukor took to his Facebook page and shared these tips to his followers that if your wife doesn't want to have any more kids, how you can convince her into doing that. Yeah, okay. Uh, you, you just got to read the article. I'm not going to waste your time here. If, you, if you're interested, just take a look. But this is the mindset of some of these morons. Yeah, your wife says, no, I'm done having kids. Well, that's your answer, pal. She's done. And you convincing her is insane. Ridiculous. Wow. We don't usually do so much controversy in one show, but I had Shake My Head articles tonight, and they all lined up. There's like five, six of them. All the links are in our show notes. If you want to shake your head at the stupidity of some people, go ahead and read the articles yourself. But be prepared. Stupid is as stupid does. All right. Words or sayings you may not know you know. Pull your finger out. <laughs> this is from a cool site. It's called warhistoryonline.com. It's, it's the strangest place. But it has some really weird articles on it. The link to this one, again, it's always in our show notes, the description down below. You'll find it, whether you're listening on our podcast or watching the video. Uh, you'll you'll see the links there. Pull your finger out. The Royal Navy slang you never knew you were speaking. Anyone in the hammock, once the sailors were up, could be asked to show a leg to ensure that it was the girlfriend and not the sailor who was in the hammock. In Britain, it's said that you are never more than 70 miles from the sea as a small island its most important means of defense has historically been its Navy. So not surprising, many aspects of Navy life and culture have filtered into everyday life. Among those, many common expressions we use today came from the sailors or the merchant Navy who were called Jacktars. The name Jack generally referred to a common man. So if your name is Jack, your name originated from just being a nobody. <laughs> I don't mean that, Jack. Uh, anyway, in the way we talk today about an average Joe, the word back then was an average Jack. 
Uh, tar referred to the tarpaulin or sailcloth. So the term jack tar distinguished a man from other jacks. Uh, referred to as jack speak. You've probably heard, uh, been using jack speak without actually even knowing you're using it. Common expressions used today and where they got started. Chock-a-block. The expression is a variation of block-to-block. It refers to the blocks on pulleys used for hauling heavy lifts onto the ship, uh, heavy loads onto the ship. Uh, it was, uh, there you go, there's a block and tackle thing. Bell-bottoms. The traditional, you remember bell-bottoms? I'm old enough to remember bell-bottoms. They were cool, actually. I always wore bell-bottoms back in the 70s. Traditional wide-legged trousers were worn by sailors, had very little to do with fashion or practicality. They were, in fact, the result of the sailors' limited sewing abilities. All sailors were expected to make their own trousers. And to keep it simple, they didn't bother to shape the fabric to fit. Instead, they just used it as it came. Uh, a standard width of a bolt of fabric, 54 inches, and the sailor just cut it down the middle. And after stitching the seams, they were left with two legs around 25 inches around the bottom, which became the standard uniform. Now you'll see there with the bell bottoms. As it happened, the additional width made it easier to roll them up and keep it clear of water on the deck. So that's the origin of bell bottoms. <laughs> uh, letting the cat out of the bag. Out of the bag. Uh, the cat in question here was not a ship's cat, although feline sailors often kept on board for mice and other rats that could eat the rations or gnaw through the ropes. But in this case, the cat referred to is the cat of nine tails. <laughs> I wonder if Mr. Arafin wants to. Uh, never mind. Uh, a whip that was used for punishing sailors consisted of three cords each divided into three strands and attached to a wooden stick kept in a bag. And whenever the cat was let out of the bag, it meant somebody going to be in trouble. Although the term has now come to mean disclosing a secret, letting a cat out of the bag. The underlying idea remains that the disclosure is likely to get somebody in trouble. These are such a room to swing a cat is another one. Uh, true colors, uh, ships identified by their flags, and sometimes they would use false colors. Show a leg is another one. Pull your finger out is another one. Square meal. All of these have their origins in Navy, the sailors. It's fascinating. You got to read this article. It's damn cool. And it's got a lot of, uh, a lot of really interesting history in it. And, Words and phrases you likely use that uh, originated way back then. Very, very cool. All right, I got one more, and then we're going to get to our book. And it's a weird one. It has to do with words. Before that, though, Don, uh, Donald Tanner sent us a chat here, says, I'm leaving soon for the Philippines. Wish me luck. All the very best of luck to you, Don. Uh, Donald, I hope I hope you have a lot of success in the Philippines. Good luck to you, and uh, don't give up. It'll get rough. It will get difficult sometimes. Trust me, there'll be moments when you say, what the hell am I doing? See it through. Give it time. Be patient and embrace it. Live it. Live the life. Be open-minded 
and enjoy yourself. First time uh, headed over to the Philippines, it'll be an experience, trust me. You're going to love it, though. That's great. Good luck to you. All right. Here's a code that only parents will know, and likely if you are around my age, one side or the other of 60, late 50s, early 60s, I saw this, and the weirdest thing is, and a lot of people made the same comment, they could read this the first time through and got it 100% right. Here's a code that only parents will know. Now, I can't say the whole thing out loud because it includes a very bad word. But if you look, again, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry, please, if nothing else, check out the link to this. It's the last link in our In Today's Show uh, links. (laughs) And uh, it is a series of letters, G-Y-A-I-T-M-F-H-R-N-B-I-B-Y-A. And as I looked at these letters, I knew instantly what this was. I'm leaving it up on the screen for those of you who are trying to figure it out. If you're under 50, 45, you probably struggle a bit with it. But if you're over, if you're over 50, I will bet you read that sentence the first time all the way through without a mistake. I laughed my butt out about this. (laughs) And you see some of the comments? I got it. I got it. The Sandy person says, I got it immediately. (laughs) Oh, my. I'll I'll give you a hint if you're stuck, if if you're not of an age group that gets it. The first three letters stand for get your ass and you can figure it out. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, uh, yeah. I love this stuff. It brings back memories. And I can hear my mom standing in the doorway yelling exactly that. The whole thing. <laughs> well, she might have left the middle part out because my mom didn't use that word very often, if at all. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, hold on. Coffee break time. Mm. By the way, the very top link under the title of tonight's show is a link to our Miko merchandise. It's our show merchandise. You'll see this uh, cool coffee mug with Miko's face on it. I got mouse pads. I got, let me show you here. See, this is a Miko mouse pad with our show logo and Miko on it. Uh, We got ball caps, hoodies, t-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff, stickers, notepads. And uh, you can check them all out at uh, Miko Merch because everything features our Shiba Inu dog Miko and our show logo. So check it out. Uh, it's at the first link right at the top of our, uh, of our description, our show notes. Cool. All right. Uh, it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Time for Tom Sawyer. We read classic books on this show. And we've been doing that from the very first show. Well, maybe not the first show. But by the way, <laughs> if you want to laugh, go back and look at the first two or three episodes of this show. How far we have come. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I was doing some moving around of some shows and files and things a couple of days ago. And I actually stopped and watched the first couple of live streams we did. 
I was on a very badly done green screen. This is all real, by the way. All these plants and everything and uh, all this stuff, this is real. So uh, anyway, watch the first couple of episodes. It's very funny. Totally different program. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, anyway, Tom Sawyer is the book we're doing. We've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, uh, Peter Pan, Christmas Carol, The Little Prince, uh, The Velveteen Rabbit, uh, you name it. We've done all the classics. We'll be doing another one after this book. And this is a long book. It's well over 30-something, 30 35, 38 chapters. Uh, chapter 30 is the one we are on right now. And uh, it's a long one, so we've broken it up into bits and pieces. And in fact, uh, now we're going to continue on with uh, maybe the second third of uh, Chapter 30 of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer from The Amazing Mark Twain. We do, however, start with this warning. It was written in 1876 at a time when some of the words used were appropriate and commonly used. Nowadays, these words are not used in polite society, including the N-word, which is filtered and peppered throughout this book. We, however, are reading the book exactly the way Mark Twain wrote it, and it intended to be read. If those words and those phrases uh, offend you, you might want to find something else to do for the next 15-20 minutes or so, because we read it the way Mark Twain wrote it. And uh, now, you've been warned. Fair warning. Okay. Here we go. It's chapter 30, part two. Just as breakfast was completed, there was a knock at the door. Huck jumped for a hiding place, for he had no mind to be connected even remotely with the late event. The Welshman admitted several ladies and gentlemen, among them the widow Douglas, noticed that groups of citizens were climbing up the hill to stare at the style. So the news had spread. The Welshman had to tell the story of the night to the visitors. The widow's gratitude for her preservation was outspoken. Don't say a word about it, ma'am. There's another that you're more beholden to than you are to me and my boys. Maybe. But he don't allow me to tell his name. We wouldn't have been there but for him. Of course, this excited a curiosity so vast that it almost belittled the main matter. But the Welshman allowed it to eat into the vitals of his visitors and through them be transmitted to the whole town, for he refused to part with his secret. When all else had been learned, the widow said, I went to sleep reading in bed, slept straight through it all, that noise. Why didn't you come and wake me? Uh, we judged it weren't worthwhile. Those fellers weren't likely to come again. They hadn't any tools left to work with. What was the use of waking you up and scaring you half to death? My three Negro men stood guard at your house all the rest of the night. They've just come back. More visitors came, and the story had to be told and retold for a couple of hours more. There was no Sabbath school during day school vacation, but everybody was early at church. The stirring event was well canvassed. News came that not a sign of the two villains had yet been discovered. When the sermon was finished, Judge Thatcher's wife dropped alongside of Mrs. Harper as she moved down the aisle with the crowd and said, Is my Becky going to sleep all day? 
I just expected she'd be tired to death. Your Becky? Yes, with a startled look. Didn't she stay with you last night? Why, no. Mrs. Thatcher turned pale, sank into a pew, just as Aunt Polly, talking briskly with a friend, passed by. Aunt Polly said, Good morning, Mrs. Thatcher. Good morning, Mrs. Harper. I've got a boy that's turned up missing. I reckon my Tom stayed at your house last night, one of you, and now he's afraid to come to church. I've got to settle with him. Mrs. Thatcher shook her head feebly and turned paler than ever. He didn't stay with us, said Mrs. Harper, beginning to look uneasy. A marked anxiety came into Aunt Polly's face. Joe Harper, have you seen my Tom this morning? No, ma'am. When'd you see him last? Well, Joe tried to remember, but he was not sure he could say. The people had stopped moving out of church. Whispers passed along with a boding uneasiness took possession of every countenance. Children were anxiously questioned and young teachers. They all said they had not noticed whether Tom and Becky were on board the ferry boat on the homeward trip. It was dark and no one thought of inquiring if anyone was missing. One young man finally blurted out his fear that they were still in the cave. Mrs. Thatcher swooned away. Aunt Polly fell to crying and wringing her hands. The alarm swept from lip to lip, group to group, from street to street, and within five minutes the bells were wildly clanging and the whole town was up. The Cardiff Hill episode sank into instant insignificance. The burglars were forgotten. Horses were saddled. Skiffs were manned. The ferry boat ordered out, and before the horror was half an hour old, two hundred men came pouring down high road and river toward the cave. All the long afternoon, the village seemed empty and dead. Many women visited Aunt Polly and Mrs. Thatcher and tried to comfort them. They cried with them, too, and that was still better than words. All the tedious night the town waited for news, but when the morning dawned at last, all the word that came was, Send more candles and send food. Mrs. Thatcher was almost crazed, and Aunt Polly also. Judge Thatcher sent messages of hope and encouragement from the cave, but they conveyed no real cheer. The old Welshman came home toward daylight, spattered with candle grease, smeared with clay, and almost worn out. He found Huck still in bed that had been provided for him and delirious with fever. The physicians were all at the cave, so the widow Douglas came and took charge of the patient. She said she'd do her best by him, because whether he was good, bad, or indifferent, he was the Lord's, and nothing that was the Lord's was a thing to be neglected. The Welshman said Huck had good spots in him, and the widow said, You can depend on it. That's the Lord's mark. He don't leave it off. He never does. Puts it somewhere on every creature that come from his hands. Well, early in the forenoon, parties of jaded men began to straggle into the village, but the strongest of the citizens continued searching. 
all the news that could be gained was that remoteness of the cave were being ransacked that had never been visited before, that every corner, crevice, was going to be thoroughly searched, that wherever one wandered through the maze of passages, lights were to be seen flitting hither and thither in the distance, shouting, pistol shots sent their hollow reverberations into the ear down the somber aisles. In one place, far from the section usually traveled by tourists, the names Becky and Tom had been found traced upon the rocky wall with the candle smoke, and near at hand a grease-soiled bit of ribbon. Mrs. Thatcher recognized the ribbon and cried over it. She said it was the last relic she should ever have of her child. No other memorial of her could ever be so precious because this one parted latest from the living body before the awful death came. Some said that now and then in a cave a faraway speck of light would glimmer, and then a glorious shout would burst forth, and a score of men would go trooping down the echoing aisle, and then a sickening disappointment always followed. The children were not there. It was only a searcher's light. Three dreadful days and nights dragged their tedious hours along, and the village sank into a hopeless stupor. No one had heart for anything. The accidental discovery just made that the proprietor of the temperance tavern kept liquor on his premises scarcely fluttered the public pulse. Tremendous as the fact was, in a lucid interval, Huck feebly led up to the subject of taverns, and finally asked, dimly dreading the worst, if anything had been discovered at the temperance tavern since he had been ill. Yes, said the widow. Huck started up in bed wild-eyed. What? What was it? Liquor. And the place has been shut up. Lie down, child. What a turn you did give me. Only just tell me one thing. Just one thing, please. Was it Tom Sawyer that found it? The widow burst into tears. Hush, hush, child, hush. I told you before you must not talk. You are very, very sick. Then nothing but liquor had been found. There would have been a great powwow if it had been gold. So the treasure... Gone forever. Gone for ever. But what could she be crying about? Curious that she should cry. These thoughts worked their way, their dim way, through Huck's mind. And under the weariness they gave him, he fell asleep. The widow said to herself, There, he's asleep now. Poor wreck. Tom Sawyer found it. Pity, but somebody could find Tom Sawyer. Ah, oh, there ain't many left now. That's got hope enough, or strength enough, either, to go on searching. And that's chapter 30. <laughs> we actually got through the rest of the chapter. That's a good thing. All right, we'll do chapter 31 coming up on our next stream in the adventures of Tom Sawyer by Mark Twain. 
All right, friends, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you so much. And uh, it is Wednesday, isn't it? My goodness. All right. Enjoy the rest of your work week. I will see you again on Saturday night where we will have another about an hour of just about anything and everything except stuff that's important. We try not to talk about that on this show. Thank you so much for all the podcast downloads. It is incredible. Please, whatever your podcast uh, platform is, Spotify, Apple Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Google, just give a search, look for this logo, I'm Not Wearing Pants or Jay Sheldon, and click that follow or subscribe button. And thank you so much. We're almost 850 downloads uh, average a week. We're aiming for 1,000. I know you can do it, and I truly love you for it. Thanks so much. I'll see you again Saturday night. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night. Snort. <laughs>